You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou... Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, your word promises to your people that you will send one to stand in front and to preach the gospel of good news. Lord, I humbly kneel at your throne and ask that you would please No, Lord, I beg of you that the words that will be spoken are acceptable to you, have been ordained by you, and will be heard by those you have called to hear. It is in your precious name, Lord Jesus, that I ask for these things in this way. Amen. We all understand the term relative communication. What it means is simply this, that we begin by talking about something that we can understand from a worldly or a temporal point of view. And then we move on to the spiritual aspect to see how that applies, that which we actually experience in everyday life. You may not fully be aware of what I'm about to share with you from a temporal perspective, but I know all of you had some type of encounter with it. You know what a valve stem is? A valve stem is what you have on your car. You put air in your tires. Well, about a week ago, my oldest son was in the shop, and I asked him, what are you doing? He said, I'm getting the compressor. What do you need the compressor for? My well tank keeps losing pressure. So I have to occasionally pump it up. This is a result of losing power during hurricanes, so he thought. So I walked over to the tool chest and I grabbed this little tool that looks like sort of a cross. It has a handle on it and it has an upper and a lower shaft. The lower shaft has this little notch in it. And I said, you take this, you take it back to your well pump, and in the valve stem, you put this tool in. Jennifer knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) You put this tool in, and you bring that valve stem out. And then you replace it with a new one. Because chances are, when you're pumping air in there, the purpose of that stem, the function is to get pushed in by the air, allow the bladder in the water tank to fill up to the right pressure so that when water is pumped into it, you get water through your whole house. And then when you take the air off of it, the valve closes and prevents any air from escaping. So I accomplished three things 
to that 42-year-old man, I instructed him. And through that instruction, he was enlightened. And being enlightened, it was revealed. Those were the three principles that we had put forth. I instructed him on how to take the valve stem out. I enlightened him on how the valve stem performed. And then the revelation was that the fact that it does work in this way because he never even knew when I showed him that stem that one existed. We can take these principles, we can apply it to the gospel for this day. Instruction, enlightenment, revelation. This is what Jesus is doing to his disciples. If you go back to the beginning of the Gospel of Mark chapter 9, you begin by reading the transfiguration of Christ. So what was Christ instructing his disciples at that point? He was instructing them that he was not an ordinary person. He was transfigured in such a way that he was enlightening them to the fact that his clothing was brilliant and whiter than anything that could ever be seen or accomplished by man. There is so much instruction in that portion of scripture. As it goes on, Peter, John, and James, Peter is a little bit fearful and he responds to Jesus because Elijah and Moses are there. Interesting. We don't have enough time to talk about that. But nevertheless, what Peter says I find extremely thoughtful. Peter says, shall I build three tabernacles? There's a very significant piece to tabernacles. Do you know for the Jewish people there are three major festivals in a year? The Passover, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Weeks is the first fruit of that which you have planted. The Feast of Tabernacles is the harvest. So what Peter unknowingly is saying, witnessing Elijah and Moses in the presence of Christ, has the harvest come. The harvesting of souls. A powerful instruction. An enlightenment to the disciples. A revelation is then given to them because they say to Jesus, uh, according to the teachers of the law, Elijah is supposed to come first. And Jesus reveals to them that Elijah did come first in the type of John the Baptist and had been fulfilling in Scripture. From that point, Jesus now gives a different instruction because once they come down from Mount Tabor, which is Peter, John, James, and Jesus, they go and the gospel moves on to this next story. And that is when they are reunited with the other disciples, as they come upon that crowd, they see the people arguing. The teachers of the law, the disciples, and the people gathering are having a debate. And when Jesus approaches, all of a sudden, the attention from that goes right to him. 
And the next part of that story is that there was a man there whose young son was possessed by a demon. And the demon would take control of this young boy and throw him into fire and throw him into water trying to kill him. But the demon could not be cast out. It goes on to say that the father of the young man now asks Jesus to relieve his son from this possession. And the man replies to Jesus or speaks to him and says, if you can. And Jesus responds, if I can? And the story narrative moves on. And that narrative moves on where Jesus rebukes the demon and forbids him ever to take up a residency again in that young child. The teaching that Jesus is giving to the disciples, the enlightenment, the revelation, is the fact that they got a little bit full of themselves. Because what they say to Jesus is, why couldn't we cast that demon out? Remember, Moses got in trouble in the rock and water incident in Exodus chapter 20 when he said to God, must, he said to the people, must I bring water out of this rock? So the instruction, the enlightenment, and the revelation Jesus was giving in this story was that it's not by your power, it is not by your strength that these things happen. They forgot to pray this kind of demon can only be cast out by prayer, relying on your relationship with God is what their instruction was to be. So we get to today's gospel reading. And now Jesus leaves all these crowds of people. The young child has been restored. And now Scripture says to us on this day that Jesus wanted to be alone with his disciples to teach them, to instruct them. And Jesus, the same way he did before the transfiguration, is bringing to the attention of the disciples that he is going to be handed over to men and they are going to kill him. But on the third day, he will be raised again. This is something that we have to take a great appreciation for because we're on the other side of the cross. We are on the other side of the resurrection. This was taking place. Jesus was preparing them for how God's plan was about to reach its fulfillment in a way that People who think they are wise could not possibly comprehend or understand. And now they journey on to Capernaum. And Jesus, once they arrive, looks at his disciples and says, What were you arguing about? And they were fearful to respond to Jesus because... They knew what they did 
was not right in his sight. They were arguing about who's the greatest? Who's better? There is no competition in Christ. We are all equal in Christ. We are all under the same grace. We are all under the same forgiveness. There is no structure. This is what they needed to be enlightened to. That all are one in Christ Jesus. And that what they knew from their Judaistic culture, that there was a system of stature, didn't apply. As a matter of fact, Jesus uses a beautiful demonstration of the grace of Almighty God. He chooses a child and brings a child to him and puts his arms around that child and instructs and enlightens and reveals to his disciples that this is the proper posture. It is not by some type of right. It is not by some type of privilege. But it is by the grace of God that you are received into his arms. I would like to share with you now a reading from someone you might have heard his name before. His name is Martin Luther. This is commentary on the book of Romans. I prefer to read it to you because it is so powerful. It is pointed about instruction, enlightenment, and revelation. And how you and I are to be able to make sure that what is being spoken and what is being heard and what is being believed leads us to the one true God. Hear now the words of Martin Luther according to commentary that he had written from the 10th chapter of the book of Romans verses 14 and 15. Here is the piece of scripture. How shall they preach except they be sent? This is directed against all conceited teachers and arrogant instructors. These four statements from chapter 10 verses 14 and 15 follow one another in such a way that one leads to the other, but so that the last forms the foundation on which the others rest. Thus, it is impossible that those who preach are not sent. It is impossible that those who hear are without a preacher. It is impossible that they believe who do not hear. It is impossible that they call upon him who they do not believe. To these must be added a last one, namely, it is impossible that they who do not call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So then the entire source and origin of salvation rests on this, that God sends out someone, a true minister of the word, 
If he does not send out any, then they who preach, preach falsely. And their preaching is no preaching at all. In fact, it would be better for them not to preach. Then also they who hear, hear error. And it would be better for them not to hear. Then also they who believe would believe false doctrine. And it would be better for them not to believe. Then also they who call upon him would call falsely upon a false Lord. And it would be better for them not to call, for such preachers do not preach, such hearers do not hear, such believers do not believe, such callers do not call. They will be damned because they would be saved by falsehood. So we read in Proverbs chapter 1 verse 28, Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Martin now goes on to tell us how we can verify and validate that which we hear. In chapter 1 of the book of Romans, verse 2, the apostle emphasizes very strongly that the gospel did not come into the world through any single person. It was promised long before it appeared. It is therefore not a figment of modern times. It came through many prophets of God and indeed not only through the word that was preached, but also through that which is in Holy Scripture. Such proof the heretics must show for their doctrine or heresy. They must show where their doctrine was promised before in the Old Testament and by whom. Then also they must show by whom it was published in the New Testament and in what scripture it is written. For they must present as witnesses also the written testimonies only they can preach with certainty who proclaim the gospel without any error. That is some powerful stuff. So we need to have the Lord God send the person to preach. The person who preaches then will be a benefit to the hearer. The hearer then will be saved because they can call on the right name of the Lord. Welcome back Sunday. Should be every Sunday. Because it is the church that God has instituted to instruct us so that we can be enlightened and he can reveal to us these incredible gifts of grace that he has placed before us. Welcome back. Hope to see you next week. Amen. My vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art.
stars in the day and the night Waking or sleeping, my presence, my life 